Hey there, welcome to Brands That Podcast. Each week we talk with the people running podcast strategies at successful brands so you can learn how to grow your company through podcasting. In this episode, I'll help you learn how to think about starting a podcast for your business or brand. Specifically, I'll share tips on how to start a business podcast that your audience will love. Ideally, a show that will stand out from the competition and be a show that your customers and your target audience actually subscribe to and share with peers. We're not really going to go into depth on how to set up a great podcast website and promote the content on your website or things like the exact recording setup or microphones you should use. There's a lot of other resources out there on that, and we're going to be creating some of them in the near future. So instead, for this episode, I'm specifically going to be focused on what you need to know before starting a podcast for your company, and then the overall 30,000-foot plan you can use to execute one. So getting started with what you need to know, foundationally, there are three things. First, you're going to want to evaluate the commitment of starting a podcast. Consider, for example, that it's a really long-term commitment. You're probably going to need to run this for the better part of a year. Some people say eight months, 10 months. We like to think of it in terms of being committed for at least a year so you can really start to see the trends, see some good results from it, and see which way it's trending. So is your team committed to doing this for one year? Number two, you're going to have to evaluate the expectations your team has. You may really want to do this podcast, and we've talked to marketers or maybe comms professionals that really are all in on the idea of running a podcast, but is the rest of the team bought in? Are they on board? As far as expectations go, this means what dictates success to your organization? Are they looking for this to drive hundreds of leads within the first month or two? If so, they may be thinking about it the wrong way and they may be set up for disappointment. How are you going to measure ROI? Some companies think about this in terms of running a podcast purely as a flywheel for the rest of their content. They're happy as long as it generates content for social and articles and other things. On the flip side, other companies really want to see it drive revenue, and that's fair as well. And in that case, the question is, is your team set up to be having qualitative attribution so that you can learn that the podcast was a major driver for that? So you need to make sure that your team is aligned with what podcasting is best for. Namely, raising awareness, getting your message out there, and building trust with listeners. All that has results on the content it can produce for other websites, revenue for your company, prompting people to consider your product. But you need to make sure that your team is aligned on expectations or else you're going to run into some problems down the road. You also want to evaluate the bandwidth that your team has. So is this the right thing to be doing right now? Does the host, does the team, does the leadership have the right ideas of what this is going to cost? Does the host have the energy and the time on their calendar to commit to doing this for the next six to 12 months? Does your team have the budget required to run this for a year? Even if that's not a ton of budget and it doesn't have to be, do you have the bandwidth to continue this for a year, even if you're emotionally or philosophically committed and you're aligned on expectations? So again, before you get started, evaluate the commitment evaluate the expectations, and evaluate the bandwidth of your team. Now, assuming that all of that has come out good and you've decided to start on a podcast, here's a checklist that you can use as a 30,000-foot guide to help you launch your business podcast. We'll walk through the steps one at a time. Step one, determine your goals. This means determining what are the things that you're trying to get out of this podcast. If 
the podcast is, for example, sales enablement, you'll want to make sure that the podcast covers a lot of objections that your customers have. If the goal of the podcast is to really get your point of view out there on the industry and educate your customer, you're going to want to approach it that way. If the goal is to promote internal communications, you're going to want to approach it that way. So number one, make sure you determine your goals. Number two, do creative strategy. So assuming this is a branded podcast and it's something that you want your ideal customers or target audience to be listening to, you're going to want to do creative strategy. And this is an area where I think a lot of companies go wrong. They decide they want to start a podcast. Maybe they have the right expectations and they're committed and they've got the whole team bought in. But what they're going to do is just sort of take their target audience. Let's say I want to talk to insurance professionals. I'm going to call it the Insurance Pro Podcast or something like that. That's the way a lot of people approach it. They just insert their audience name in the show and launch another lookalike show. And there's already 20 or 30 out there that are doing the exact same thing. And if you do that, it's going to be really hard to stand out from the noise. It's going to be hard to differentiate you. So the second step after determining your goals is to actually do a deep dive on creative strategy. And this is going to let you come away with a winning concept. In our opinion, this is one of the most important steps that you could possibly take because you want to ultimately create a show that your audience loves. The goal is to have something that they actually want to subscribe to, that they are eager to share with their peers, one that they're sharing bits from in their Slack channel. So in order to do this, you need to learn what is out there in the podcast ecosystem that you're sort of competing against. You want to be able to determine how you can differentiate from them. You want to learn especially what your audience wants to hear and what content your audience finds valuable. And then you want to make sure that you can distill that into a winning concept. So part of this creative strategy is doing starting with podcast research. Here you can search by keywords. So you could type in maybe five to seven keywords that you think your audience would be typing to find content like this. You can also survey your audience and learn what podcasts they're listening to. You can look up roundup lists or features on blog posts about top podcasts in a certain category or industry. And basically what you're trying to do here is list the top 20 to 30 shows that you'll be competing against. If your industry is small or maybe a little bit more niche, you may only find 10 to 15 major shows. You're specifically looking for shows here that are still in production. So they've ideally produced an episode in the past six months. Otherwise, there's not too much to worry about because they're probably losing listenership and they're not currently producing anymore. So once you have your list of the top 20 to 30 shows in your space that you'll kind of be competing against, you want to go through and really do a deep evaluation on them. Look at the hook that they promote their show through. So what's the concept about? How are they packaging the content that they're talking about? What's the scope of that content? You also want to look at the style. Are these interview shows? Are they run by a single host? Does the team host them? Are they narrative storytelling style shows that are really engaging? Or are they more traditional interview style shows? And then evaluate the cadence. You want to be able to know, are they producing weekly, bi-weekly? Are they producing every day? And what is the length of the show? So you're really trying to get a good idea of all these things to know what you're up against. That's podcast research. Next, as part of your creative strategy, you want to do audience research. This primarily boils down to two things, surveys and phone calls. So this means you actually have to talk to your target audience 
and your ideal customers and know what they want to be listening to. So there's a few ways that we've found success doing this. You can survey existing customers. So here it's a good idea to try and get 10 to 20 or 15 to 30 surveys from your happiest customers, customers who you would want to attract more of so that you make sure when they're filling it out, you're getting the kind of feedback that you want to attract more of when you launch the show. You can also do phone calls. So sometimes we've gotten on the phone with three, five, as many as you can customers, again, that are ideal listeners. And when you do this, you're using surveys and you're using phone calls to learn a few basic things. First, what are the pains they feel? What are their frustrations at work? What are the problems that they're trying to solve at their company? So what are the major pains that they're feeling in their day-to-day job? Number two, what are the ways they want their company to grow? So what have they been tasked with in order to grow their organization? Number three, and this is like a specific question I like to ask, if they could have coffee with anyone in the world for one hour, are there specific people who come to mind who they'd love to jam with for an hour over coffee? Or is there a specific persona they would like to have coffee with? So what I have found is oftentimes people aren't able to articulate a specific person. Sometimes they can. Sometimes it'll be Dave Gerhardt or some LinkedIn personality who they're following, who they really trust and they really value their opinion and their expertise, and they know exactly who they would want to talk to. But most times it's more of a persona. So usually, like for example, this would be something like, maybe they're at a Series A startup and they say, I would love to have coffee with anyone who's doing my role at a company bigger than mine with double the revenue to learn how they're operating at that level and how they got from where I am to where they are today. Something like that. That's usually what you'll hear is a certain persona type. And then find out from them while they're having coffee with this person or persona, what questions would they ask? And all this is really going to give you a good idea of the kind of content you can include in your podcast in a regular way so that your podcast is constantly providing education and content on how to overcome the pains they face, how to help them grow their company and thrive in their role, and answering all the specific burning questions they have that they just told you they would love to ask someone who they consider to be an expert for an hour or so. So that's the audience research side. Again, we find a blended form of surveys and forms. You can usually get more of those filled out, maybe provide an incentive to get that done or definitely actually getting on the phone with them where you can go way deeper here. Then you want to distill the findings. That's the final step of this creative strategy. When you distill the findings, this is going to help you create the concept. So distill the findings and create the concept. Ultimately, remember that the audience research is most important. When I've guided brands through this, I've always said, it's far more important what your audience is giving you feedback on than what you're seeing out there in the industry. Like you should be less focused on your competitors and the other competing shows. You definitely want to make sure that you can be a little bit different or that you're not doing something that 10 other shows are doing in the exact same way. But really, if you are focusing relentlessly on giving your listeners what they want and what is going to make them better in their career, grow their companies, improve their lives in a dramatic way, then you'll probably have a winning show as long as you can get it in front of them. So The audience research is the most important here. So you're going to want to determine after you distill the competing shows that you're up against and the audience research you just did, you're going to create a content outline. And this is the basic premise of the show. So this includes the hook and the concept. So what you'll talk about, 
what's the scope of content you're going to cover? You probably can't talk about everything. And so what was the most important content that your audience wanted to hear? What's the scope that you're going to cover? And what's the unique hook you'll approach the show from? This could be something that's like, well, we're going to do it all in 10 minutes. And the whole hook is we're going to cover XYZ topics in 10 minutes so you can everyone can consume it while they're walking their dog in the morning or on their drive to work or something like that. You really want to think about the unique hook. Or it could be, we're only going to talk about this one specific area, but we're going to go really, really deep on it. So come up with the hook of your show and the concept of your show. And then you're going to want to think about the cadence next. So again, compared to what other people are doing, are you going to go weekly, bi-weekly? Are you going to try and go daily? We generally recommend going weekly or more. It's pretty difficult to grow a show with a significant following going bi-weekly. Or if you're going to take large chunks of time off in between seasons, sometimes it can be hard to get people's engagement again. So generally with Cadence, we would recommend weekly. If you can do more, that's great. And then also deciding whether you want to make it ongoing or seasonal. If it's ongoing, this is like you'll be up to episode 343 and there's no breaks in between and you're just running it on a weekly basis. Maybe here or there, you take a week off when needed. Seasonal offers the advantage of letting you break it into seasons. So your seasons can be dictated by themes like Envision does with their show, or it can just be still open-ended. You don't need to give any season a theme, but by packaging your show into seasons, it lets you kind of have breaks in between if you need them. And a lot of companies we found just value this. Like it's really valuable to be able to maybe take a couple months off around Christmas, for example, or after you've done a ton of work and you've gotten together like 15 or 20 episodes for season one, take a couple months to regroup, get your heads together and start to ramp back up the work for season two. So if you need an out or a logical way to break, seasons allow you to do that. So decide whether you'll be ongoing or seasonal. Next, you want to decide the style of the show. Are you going to do a narrative storytelling style show, for example, the popular podcast Serial? Or are you going to do a more traditional interview show? Or are you going to do a hybrid? Are you going to maybe layer over some voiceovers and some narrations that cuts up the interview with some musical interludes or something? Again, this is partly tied to how you want your brand to sound and be conveyed. It's also partly what you're seeing out there in the industry. Maybe if everyone of your 20 competitors competing shows is doing 45 minutes guest interviews, you might consider doing a storytelling narrative style show that communicates some of the information or follows the story of a client who had success doing XYZ. It's really a matter of how different do you want to sound? How different can you be? And is this sustainable for you? So you can decide between narrative storytelling or interview or a hybrid of both. And then finally, you're going to want to decide the host. Who's going to be the subject matter expert here? And it is crucial to have a subject matter expert. The bare minimum would be someone on your company who is really intelligent and can ask good questions and knows when to pursue a line of conversation. So if it had to be someone who was not a subject matter expert, they would at least be someone who's very curious and a very good interviewer and would be able to derive the right insights. But ideally, You really, really need a subject matter expert as the host. We found there's such a difference in the success of podcasts that do it this way. If you have a subject matter expert, they're just going to ask better questions. They're going to know, they understand the audience better. They're able to have a more engaging dialogue because they can push back or disagree or elaborate or 
They're going to know when to chase out a line of questioning or when to probe deeper. So if you were running a marketing show and you had a customer success manager running it, they're just not going to ask the same questions a marketer would ask. You're not going to get the level of depth or intrigue or get to those burning questions that your audience has. So you need to decide who's the host going to be. If you have enough spend, you might be able to hire someone who's a really popular personality on LinkedIn to host the show, and they're going to help you grow it and promote it. Ideally, this is probably someone in your team who's the subject matter expert on what you do. So decide who the host will be. And then finally, choose a name that stands out and is memorable. That's doing the creative strategy. That's performing podcast research to identify what shows you're up against and how you can stand out doing audience research to learn what content your audience wants to hear, and then distilling it, all the findings, and creating a concept. Being able to determine the hook of the show, the scope of the content of the show, what you'll talk about, the cadence of the show, the style of the show, and the host of the show. And then choosing a name that represents all those things, that stands out, that is memorable. Next, you're going to have to find the host. So we talked about this being someone who's a subject matter expert. Ideally, they also have the flexibility to accommodate guests. We have found that companies run into a ton of trouble if you have a subject matter expert, but they only have two hours a week that are open windows. That's going to be pretty difficult for you to book guests on. So if it's just them hosting a solo hosted show, that's great. That's fine. They can take those two hours and record all their content then. But if you have to accommodate guests, this person has to be semi-flexible. They also have to be committed to hosting for the long haul. We've seen some brands get into trouble when they select someone who within a couple months, they get promoted, they've got other tasks on their plate, and they can really no longer do a good job of hosting. They used to prepare for the interview. Now they're not preparing for the interview anymore. And they get themselves into trouble and eventually someone else has to take over and the show may take a dip in quality. So Really, really put a lot of consideration to finding the host. Besides them being a subject matter expert, make sure they have the flexibility to accommodate guests if that's something that you're going to bake into your show and make sure that they are committed to hosting for the long haul. Next, you're going to have to create the architecture that it takes to run the show. So again, the purpose of this episode is not to do a deep dive to tell you the exact software tools we use or that you should use, but just generally, you're going to have to have your marketing team or the production agency that you've hired or however you're doing this, you want to make sure that you set up early the architecture to get the show done. It's a lot of work. I found that's one of the things that surprises brands the most is they were not prepared for how much work it was going to take to run this show. And then after two months or three months in, they're starting to realize, oh, wow, we've got another nine months to go with this. And they bit off maybe more than they could choose. So the architecture of the show, this includes things like Having a repository, a list where you store all the episodes. So some place where there's one place to look where everyone can see what are all the episodes, what stage are they in, when are the anticipated release dates, maybe link to the show notes, link to the prep guides. You can reorder them if you need to. So one place where you see a list of all the episodes or episode concepts. Then you need to manage the creation of each episode. So you might use a project management tool like Asana or Monday or Basecamp or Notion or whatever you want, Trello, and you're going to use this tool to build out assigned tasks that it takes to get the show done. This is going to differ depending on how much you're doing. So if you have a whole agency running this, it might just be like a few tasks that's like approve, you know, approve concept or whatever, 
approve edits. If you're doing it all internally, it might be as advanced as there's five team members and you're building out repeating tasks for recording, producing, interview guide creation, prep guide creation for the guests, guest outreach, guest follow-up, podcast repurposing, podcast publishing and scheduling, artwork design, video creation, things like that. So that's the second thing. Manage the episode creation inside of a tool. And then determine how you'll incorporate these new episodes into your website. You're going to want to do that early on. Are you going to bake it in? Is it going to go in your existing CMS? If you're on WordPress or Webflow or something, is it going to go on the existing CMS? Are you going to host it on a new domain? Are you going to take out a domain name based around the show and build a separate website? Ideally, some advice here would be to tease it out in a way that is different than blog content. There's a lot of ways you can get creative with promoting it on your website. And again, we'll probably have a future episode on this. But just a general piece of advice, don't just bake your episodes to make them look like blog articles where if visitor was on your site and clicked blog, they should. that's not where you should keep your podcast episodes. So at the very least, you're going to want to think about how do we differentiate blog articles from episodes? It's generally just not an intuitive place. And I've seen some companies do this where because mostly they've been blogging, they don't build out any new repository for the podcast content. And so if I was going to find it, I'd have to click on blog. And then for every nine articles, there's one podcast episode. So generally, build out a place where every episode is going to have its own piece of content. Maybe you're going to embed the sound file in there, the video in there, the show notes, the transcript, the relevant links, whatever you want. It should at least have that. And it should be separated differently than your blog. And beyond that, I'll probably do a full episode on all the ways you can really lean into this and make it good. But determine how you'll incorporate new episodes in your website. Then you want to just determine a hosting platform and talk about that more a little bit at the end. So, so far to recap, we have step one, determine your brand's goals. Step two, do creative strategy. Step three, determine the host. Step four, create the architecture to run the show. And now step five, start producing the show. So again, how you do this for your company is going to depend on the style of show you decided to go with. If you are doing a show where every episode is guest interviews, this is going to involve, for example, guest outreach as part of this. But we recommend generally as you start producing the show, get one to two months, ideally two months of episodes completely finalized before you launch. If you don't do this, you'll find that you quickly get backed up and you will eventually likely start breaking your cadence. And that's really the problem that you run into. One of the most important things to do, and we have not always done it as good as we should, is have a consistent cadence. So show up at the same day, at the same time every week, just letting people know that at least you'll be publishing then. If you want to add extra episodes on top of that, that's great. But ideally, you want to make sure that you have two months of episodes completely finalized. This is going to make sure that when the inevitable hiccups come, like a guest needs to reschedule, you need to shift episodes around, someone from the team gets sick, you run into holidays or days where you're closed, you're going to have plenty in the pipeline in order to help you accommodate those gaps. And you're going to try and stay one to two months ahead, which just takes the pressure off everybody. Consider while you're producing the show, you might consider building a waiting list or teasing the show. You could consider putting together a trailer. Most podcast platforms like Spotify allow a place for a trailer. So you can record a trailer that ideally talks about 
what the show's going to cover, why people should hit subscribe, what they're going to get out of it. And you can start promoting that wherever your audience is. You can start promoting the trailer or a wait list for your show on your website. So step five, actually produce the show. Again, we'll probably have future episodes down the line where we talk a little bit more in depth about this. And then step six, grow the show. Once your show is out and running, you want to work on growing it. This involves a few things. Number one, be consistent. Don't miss the cadence that you'll say you'll do. Number two, be patient and keep at it. It's really tempting to look at only 150 downloads after four months and think it's not working and scrap it, but be patient and keep at it. Number three, read reviews and use listener feedback to improve the show over time. This is something a lot of people don't do. If they're saying it's a bit too long, shorten it. And again, there's a dance here. You don't want to change everything and be experimenting out the gate with everything with all these different episode styles in month one. You need to have a little bit of history and time under your belt before you really can start to like play with different stuff, but really just survey listeners, find out what don't you like about it? What do you, what are we not touching on enough of and improve it over time? Repurpose the show, deliver the best bits on other channels. So find the 10, 20, 30 most valuable moments and turn them into text posts, social posts, carousel images, video clips with captions that you share on LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, wherever they are. Repurpose the show, turn it into an article, formulate it in a newsletter to your audience. Take the best value of the show and deliver it natively and contextually to the places where your audience hangs out and don't ask them to leave to go over and listen. Serve it up to them natively there. Consider running paid ads on podcast ad networks or sponsoring like-minded shows. We've got episodes that teach you how to do that here in Brands That Podcast. We have an episode devoted to podcast advertising and you can listen to the interview that we did with Ahrefs where you learn how they spent $200,000 on sponsoring podcasts. So consider doing that. Consider doing a podcast tour. Again, we have an episode on this where you can promote the show in addition to your business and drive like-minded listeners over to it. Display it prominently on your website. There'll be an episode we release on that most likely and keep a robust CMS of episodes and content that you derive from the show. So in summary, here's the checklist you can use to start your business podcast. Perform creative research. Determine, that means determining what kind of show your audience is going to want to listen to. Determine the concept of your show, the content, cadence, style, and name. Determine the host, design the artwork, design the sound profile, the intro, the outro, the interludes. Record and produce two months worth of episodes, then publish your show, then work on growing your show by listening to feedback, reading reviews, repurposing your podcast content on other platforms, and then any other creative tactics you want to try. Again, we have a full episode on how HubSpot is dedicating an entire role to podcast growth. You can go listen to for ideas there. All right. So wrapping up here, again, this is not meant to be a deep dive on equipment or exactly how to record. There's tons of like videos and creators making stuff about that. But here's a broad overview of equipment you'll need and recording considerations. And these considerations can all be met even if you're on a tight budget at your company. You can find the right combo of tools that work for you to fit your budget. So overall tools you'll need. You'll need podcast hosting. For example, I'm just going to give like one example for all these. These are just ones that come to mind because we like them or use them. There's a million out there you can go research. Tools you'll need. So podcast hosting, for example, Transistor. You'll need to think about a podcast recording platform. We like Riverside. 
but there's Zencaster, there's other good tools out there. You can even just use Zoom. You'll need a good microphone. A simple USB mic will do, but ideally one that has noise canceling. That's important. You can consider getting a pop filter if you want to remove the harsh P's that you sometimes hear in these episodes, because I don't have one. You'll need a quiet space to record without lots of echoes, generally. If you want to DIY editing, you can look into a tool like Descript or Riverside. If you want to repurpose it, you can look into tools like Headliner or Descript. If you want done-for-you editing to take offload some of that from your team and make it sound better, you can look into platforms like Hatch. And if you want to find a unique sound design for your show, you can look into open source platforms like Artlist, or you could get really creative and go to SoundCloud and find artists that will let you use their music and work a deal with them. And if you're podcasting from home, which many of you will be in a working from home environment, additional notes would just be to find a quiet place. Even a closet is going to work. If you're doing a video podcast, make sure it has good lighting and the background looks halfway decent. You'll want to find a consistent schedule where your home is the most quiet, and you'll want to use a good noise-canceling microphone to avoid little noises like the family or kids or dog barking or whatever. So in general, these are just some tips and a 30,000-foot overview and plan to help you start a podcast for your business. Make sure you can check out all the other episodes here in the feed. We've got tons of ones doing deep dives on podcasting versus SEO how to turn one piece of content into 20, how to think about ROI, how to grow your podcast, different types of podcasting, and how to know which one is right for you. And we'll be producing more of these Q&As in the future where we're going to do deep dives into topics like this. So if you have ones you want to suggest, you can follow us on social at LemonPieFM on Twitter and hit us up and ask us. All right, we'll see you in the next episode. Thanks so much for checking out this episode. If there's a company you'd like us to interview or a question you want us to answer on the show, just let us know. You can ask us at brandsthatpodcast.com or DM or tag Lemon Pie on Twitter, LinkedIn, or Instagram. And if you want to reach your audience on podcasts that they're already listening to, be sure to check out lemonpie.fm. Lemon Pie.